Welcome to the Physics Central News Podcast. I'm Calla Cofield. And I'm Mike Lucibella. This month on the podcast, the Rosetta spacecraft has reached its destination comet. A possible explanation for how asteroids get their speckled surfaces, hints of a new dark matter signal, and an atomic clock on board the ISS. Unquestionably, the biggest bit of astronomy news this month was about the Rosetta spacecraft. Rosetta has been traveling for 10 years and a total distance of over 6 billion miles to rendezvous with a comet. That comet's full name is Comet 67P Churyumov-Gerasimenko, or Comet CG for short. Other spacecraft have previously done close flybys of comets, but Rosetta will be the first spacecraft to study a comet up close and for an extended period of time. The comet is only 2.5 miles wide, so this was a very small target for Rosetta to hit. The spacecraft is already sending back fantastic photos of the surface of the comet. It's gained the nickname the rubber duck because of its general shape. It has a smaller sort of head that's attached to a larger body. Rosetta will also send a probe to the comet's surface, which will drill into the comet and collect samples. Comets that orbit our sun formed in the very beginning of the solar system. They're made of dust and ice and rocky material that was around in those early days. Scientists are hoping that by studying a comet up close, they'll get some information about what our solar system was like 4.5 billion years ago. In addition, the comet's shape and composition could hold clues about what it's been through in its lifetime. And what could this comet's story tell us about the larger story of our solar system? In other news dealing with small chunks of rock in our solar system, a new paper in the monthly notices of the Royal Astronomical Society put forth a new idea about asteroid topology. Many asteroids have a noticeably large number of boulders on their surfaces, so they're sort of speckled with big rocks. And a group of scientists thinks maybe the reason for that is something called the Brazil nut effect. People who have taken some physics classes may have heard of this idea. To demonstrate the Brazil nut effect, take a box or a similar container filled with nuts in their shells. The smallest might be some almonds, there might be some mid-sized walnuts in there, and then add a few Brazil nuts, which will be the largest nuts in the group. If I take this container and shake it a little from side to side for a few seconds, I will observe something rather interesting. The Brazil nuts rise to the top. This experiment can be done with various mixtures that contain particles of different sizes, and they show the same effect. With a good side-to-side shaking, it appears as though the larger particles are rising to the top of the mixture. Now, this seems to go against basic logic. I mean, shouldn't shaking a container mix up the different nuts, not separate them into size groups? The complete scientific explanation for what's happening is somewhat complex, but to some degree, it's basically due to gravity and geometry. When the container shakes, 
the movement makes it possible for the nuts to rearrange themselves. Now, those bigger nuts won't pack together quite as closely, so they might have some space beneath them. And as the container shakes, the smaller nuts will slip down into those open spaces, thus making it seem as though the Brazil nuts are rising to the top. So, what if this is happening in asteroids as well? Asteroids are amalgamations of rock and metal that orbit our sun, usually in rather circular orbits, like in the asteroid belt. Asteroids experience various violent events throughout their lives, like collisions with other asteroids. So is it possible that those collisions could jostle the asteroid in such a way that the larger chunks of rock get pushed up to the surface, not unlike the Brazil nuts? The new paper shows that it is at least feasible that asteroids might undergo this effect. More evidence will be needed to find out if this is really how asteroids get their speckled appearance. Now over to Mike Lucibella with our next story. Thanks, Kella. Earlier this month, a team of scientists from the Harvard-Smithsonian Center for Astrophysics announced that they found a faint X-ray signal that could be a clue to the nature of dark matter. The team was using data from the European Space Agency's XMM-Newton satellite. They were analyzing the composition of 73 nearby galaxy clusters by looking at their spectral data. So every atomic element emits a signature set of light waves that scientists can use to identify them. These are called emission lines. The scientists were stacking this spectral data from the different galaxy clusters on top of each other to get a picture of what the average cluster is made of. And mostly they saw spectral lines that corresponded to elements that they expected to see, hydrogen, helium, oxygen, etc., Except for one. They saw a faint but consistent line at 3.55 kiloelectron volts that they just couldn't explain with any known element or process. And what's more exciting is that it correlated with previous readings taken by NASA's Chandra satellite. The idea is that the signal might be from the annihilations of a theorized dark matter particle called the sterile neutrino. It's in an energy range that's consistent with a couple of the predicted parameters of the hypothesized particle. But to break out my favorite cliche, it's a tantalizing clue, but by no means proof. There's so much out in the universe that we don't yet know about that scientists can't yet say for sure that this is dark matter and not something else. In 2015, Japan is slated to launch its Astro-H X-ray Observatory, which should offer scientists a more detailed picture of this enigmatic line. But for now, the mystery continues. Kala, back to you. For our final story, researchers at the European Space Agency are working on an experiment that will put two atomic clocks on board the International Space Station in 2016. One of the clocks, called FARO, has been completed by the French Space Agency and delivered to the European Space Agency late last month. The experiment is called the Atomic Clock Ensemble in Space, or ACES. The clocks will very precisely measure time on the station, which orbits 250 miles above Earth. According to general relativity, gravity influences the passage of time, so time on the space station should move a little faster than time on the ground. There is no clock in the universe that keeps time perfectly, but an atomic clock is pretty darn close. The Faro atomic clock will lose only one second every 300 million years. This gives scientists a level of precision unprecedented in previous experiments. The reason scientists want this level of precision is because they want to look for violations of general relativity. Right now, general relativity appears to be totally correct. 
but it also seems to disagree with quantum mechanics, which also appears to be airtight. So, looking for violations of general relativity is part of the quest to resolve the apparent disagreement between these two theories. That's all for the Physics Central podcast. Oh, actually, one more quick space story. There is a company called Celestis, which offers people the option to have their ashes sent into space after they die. Celestis has now expanded its program to include pets. Yes, if you're looking for a special way to honor your deceased animal companion, why not send them on what Celestis's website describes as an unforgettable launch? There are multiple packages to choose from. They start at nine hundred and ninety-five dollars and go all the way up to twelve thousand five hundred dollars. That is all for the Physics Central News podcast. I'm Cala Cofield, and I'm Mike Lucibella. As always, you can find more podcasts, our Physics Buzz blog, resources, and so much more at physicscentral.com. Tune in next week for more of the Physics Central podcast. <laughs>